The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have already lost out on some of their offensive coordinator options. I'll tell you who's out and who to look to next. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Monday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JRCO underscore Bucks, your host of Locked On Bucks, credentialed member of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. And I am here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And for that, I want to share my appreciation for your continued support of the show. One of the ways that you can support the show is become a Locked On Bucks insider. You're going to get news, the inside scoop, and exclusive content delivered directly to your phone, plus one-on-one conversations with me via text message. You can do so by going to joinsubtext.com slash locked on bucks. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. It's a mock draft Monday coming up in a little bit, but let's start things off with the continuing search for the Buccaneers' next offensive coordinator. On Friday, it was announced that the Buccaneers had scheduled interviews with former Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, former Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson, Chargers offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, and Rams quarterback coach Zach Robinson. Now, over the weekend, Robinson, Dorsey, and Moore all took jobs elsewhere. Robinson is joining Raheem Morris in Atlanta. Ken Dorsey is heading to Cleveland, where he played quarterback when he was in the NFL, and Kellen Moore is going to the Philadelphia Eagles. So that leaves Thad Lewis as the internal candidate that we all kind of expect to have a really good chance of getting this job. And then Brian Johnson from the first wave of scheduled interviews. However, the Bucs now have interviews scheduled with Texans quarterback coach Gerard Johnson and Lions wide receiver coach Antoine Randall L., who started his coaching career with the Buccaneers as an offensive assistant under Arians in 2019. Um, and then there's a name that that started to get some buzz throughout uh, Sunday, and turns out the Buccaneers do have an interview scheduled with him, and that is Rams passing game analyst Jake Peets. So another coach from the McVay tree that started generating some buzz, the Buccaneers have submitted their request to interview him as the offense coordinator. But what do we know about these guys? The answer to most people is not very much. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to talk about some of these offensive coordinators and their ex- or offensive coordinator candidates and their experience so far in their uh, coaching careers. So let's start with Brian Johnson, who was scheduled to interview with the Bucks. That was announced on on Friday, but he has been a coach since 2010 when he joined Utah as the quarterbacks coach 
then became their offensive coordinator in 2012. He joined Mississippi State as their quarterback's coach in 2014, joined Houston, and that's the university, not the Texans, as their offensive coordinator in 2017, moved to Florida as their quarterback's coach in 2018, was promoted to their offensive coordinator in 2020. Then in 2021, he gets the call to be the Eagles quarterbacks and wide receivers coach before being promoted to offensive coordinator in 2023. Now, in 2023, as the offensive coordinator, uh, Brian Johnson led the Philadelphia Eagles offense to the number eight total offense in the NFL. They were number 16 in passing offense, number eight in rushing offense, and number seven in scoring offense with 25 and a half points per game. Scoring and offense wasn't the big problem for the Eagles in 2023. It ended up being their defense that caused them a lot of football games. And, you know, while the offense struggled at times, like any offense will, they scored below 20 points just five times all season. The Bucks, by comparison under Dave Canales, did that seven times. So, you know, you already have an offense that was a little more potent. Granted, they had Jalen Hurts at quarterback. That's a big difference from Baker Mayfield. But as far as their playmakers, they really didn't have, you know, anyone who was any more electric or or any better than what the Buccaneers could offer. You had A.J. Brown and uh, Devonta Smith. Well, the Bucs have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You, you know, the Bucs have Rashad White. You know, the Eagles were kind of rotating running backs all season long. There wasn't kind of a main guy there for the Eagles, whether that was due to injury or performance or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but... Brian Johnson could come in and, and reinvigorate the run game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they need to add pieces, right? The Buccaneers have to add some pieces, at least one running back, probably a guard to replace Aaron Stinney as the starter. But Brian Johnson is a really, really strong candidate for the Buccaneers if he ends up landing that job. You know, a, a one and done, I think that was Sirianni, Unloading, I, I understand unloading the defense coordinator, but I think he unlo unloaded both coordinators as a CYA move to save his own job rather than a reflection of what Brian Johnson did as the offensive coordinator. But you take a look at, you know, he, he got to study under, you know, Sirianni. He got to work with a Philadelphia Eagles uh, coaching staff and, and team that made the Super Bowl last year. You know, has has experience as a coordinator beyond just this past year. So Brian Johnson, I think, as far as the outside candidates are concerned that have been announced so far, is probably the best of the bunch. But what do we really know about some of these other guys? I'm going to dive into it coming up next here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and they are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. Testing my skills on Price Picks this football season has been the most exciting way to play DFS. And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into 250 with just a few taps. 
Price Picks is really simple to play, and I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. And another big reason why I love Price Picks is the quick withdrawals and the easy gameplay, plus all the different selections that they have on players and stat types. It's what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL, all one word, all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Every day, just make sure you are coming back tomorrow. I'm going to have more to discuss revolving around the Buccaneers offensive coordinator search and, of course, some reaction to Championship Sunday. But in the meantime, Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Talking more about the Bucks public offensive coordinator candidates and let's talk about Gerard Johnson the quarterbacks coach from Houston so he started as an Indianapolis Colts quality control coach from 2020 to 2021 then he was the Minnesota Vikings assistant quarterbacks coach in 2022 then the Houston Texans quarterbacks coach in 2023 only 35 years old so doesn't have a whole lot of experience but His work with C.J. Stroud this year speaks volumes. I mean, we are talking about the likely offensive rookie of the year that was a quarterback from Ohio State. So you could go so far as to say that Gerard Johnson is indeed a miracle worker. Obviously, I'm saying that slightly tongue-in-cheek, but again, David can't stop me from Ohio State slander anymore, so I'm going to take advantage. But... There's not much to go on here outside of his work with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota in 2022 and then Stroud this past year in 2023. But he studied under guys like Kyle Shanahan, Frank Reich, D'Amico Ryans. He has been around some incredibly intelligent and incredibly talented football coaches uh, so far in his short career. So there's no doubt in my mind, he's absorbed a lot of information and he might make a really solid coordinator someday. The question to me is, is he ready this soon? You don't know until you take the chance, right? So you could take the chance on Gerard Johnson and he be the next big thing as far as offensive coordinators are concerned, or you could take the chance on him and he ends up being 2022 Byron Leftwich. Like there's there's a wide range of outcomes if he's the guy that ends up getting the job. But again, I go back his work with San Francisco as as an intern. I didn't list it, but you know, he was he was involved in that organization uh just a, a year or two before he joined the Indianapolis Colts. So he got to work with those offensive coaches and in that entire coaching staff, including Kyle Shanahan. That's why D'Amico Ryan's 
had pegged him as the quarterback's coach because D'Amico knew him from their days in San Francisco. You take a look at what Frank Reich has been able to do with some of these offenses. I talked about him on Friday's episode as being a, you know, who I thought was a good candidate to be an offensive coordinator. But, you know, this, this would be a big risk for the Buccaneers, but you know, no risk it, no biscuit, right? Bruce Arians is still in the building. This may be a guy that really just crushes his interview and has some really great original ideas that the Buccaneers want to bring in. And he may be all about working with Baker Mayfield. So, you know, just a little bit of a background on him. And then another guy who does not have a long history of coaching, Antoine Randall L., who is a, a candidate. Of course, I mentioned that he was a Buccaneers offensive assistant in 2019 and 2020 before becoming the Detroit Lions wide receivers coach from 2021 to now. He's a Super Bowl champion with the Buccaneers, worked with Bruce Arians, worked with Tom Brady, plus many of the Bucs' current offensive players. He, he knows Todd Bowles. He knows a lot of that coaching staff, and he has now studied and worked under Dan Campbell, who might be the best leader of men among all current head coaches. So there's a lot that Antoine Randall L could have taken from Dan Campbell. But more than that, he also studied under Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, who is about to become the head coach of the Washington Commanders. I would be absolutely stunned if that did not end up finalizing after the Lions run is over, whether that's as I'm recording this, which it does not look like it's going to be, or after the Super Bowl. But it looks like Ben Johnson's about to become a head coach. And that could also mean that Antoine Randall L could be in a position to be promoted with the team that he's already with, which is going to be very enticing. But he can bring some of those same ideas and those schemes with him to Tampa that would maximize the talents of a lot of guys. Of course, you have Mike Evans and you have Chris Godwin, but then you have the speed of Trey Palmer and the speed of Devin Tompkins, which the Lions utilize their speed in really creative ways with Jamison Williams and Josh Reynolds. You have Rashad White, and you take a look at what the Lions run game does with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery and, and some of these other guys. Kate Otten, Sam Laporta is a huge part of the Lions offense. You could see another, you know, really huge step for Kate Otten if Antoine Randall L brings some of Ben Johnson's ideas to Tampa with him, should he be named the offensive coordinator. And then finally, Jake Peets, which is a name that that started garnering some traction, some attention on Sunday, like I mentioned. But buckle in. This is a very long history. He's a young guy. He's going to be 40 in April but he has a very, very long resume. So his coaching career started at Santa Barbara City College as the special teams coordinator, safeties coach, and the strength and conditioning coordinator in 2006. 2007, he became a defensive assistant at UCLA. In 2012, he went to the Jaguars as the assistant quarterbacks coach. 2013, he was an offensive analyst for Nick Saban at Atlanta. 2014, he was the offensive quality control coach for the Washington Commanders. 2015, he was a senior offensive assistant for the Oakland Raiders before becoming their assistant quarterbacks coach in 2016, then the quarterbacks coach in 2017. In 2018, he went back to Alabama as an offensive analyst. In 2019, he was the running backs coach for the Carolina Panthers, then their quarterbacks coach in 2020. 
In 2021, he was LSU's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Then he joined the Los Angeles Rams in 2022 as a pass game specialist, which is what he was also in 2023. Deep breath. Whew, that was a lot. That's a lot of stops over the last 10 or so years. So that's my first concern. Why isn't he staying anywhere more than a year or two? And a lot of these were lateral moves, not promotions. So that to me is kind of a red flag. However, that's also a lot of experience in a very short time under and around a lot of incredible coaches. Sean McVay, Nick Saban, Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, Ed Orgeron. I'm not sure if, if Jake Peets would be my front runner. Um, in fact, uh, I think if I'm power ranking these guys right now, I'm probably putting Peets last. Um, I, I would say he and, and Gerard Johnson are, are pretty close to one another. Maybe you give Peets the edge just because of all that experience and the coaches and the success that he has been around throughout his career. But that's all that's so much experience under some impressive football minds. And, and he does have experience as an offensive coordinator, does have experience as a play caller. So that's not going to be a first time thing for him, which is not something that Gerard Johnson has to rely on. But again, you, you take a look and I, I realize I'm saying all of this in the shadow of Dave Canales getting hired as a first-time offensive coordinator, being with the team for one year, and then moving on to be a head coach. I understand all of that. But when you take a look at a, at a guy's track record like this, where he's bouncing from um, assistant quarterbacks coach to offensive analyst to offensive quality control to senior offensive assistant to back-to-offensive analyst to running backs coach to quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, then pass game specialist. He's kind of bouncing all over the place. And outside of being with the Raiders from 2015 to 2017, he wasn't anywhere longer than two years. So again, that makes me question, number one, does he get bored easily and he just wants to leave and, and, and try something new? Uh, does he feel that he's making these moves in hopes of being able to move up quicker or, or be promoted sooner than he would in his current state. We all kind of do that, right? We've all taken jobs seeing the path to advancement being better or quicker at one spot than maybe the spot that we're already in. Maybe that's the case. Is he a guy that kind of wears out his welcome that quickly and, and teams want to move on from him? He wants to move on from teams. I don't know that that just when I was going through all of these, it really started to raise the question of why is he bouncing around so much? And for that reason and that reason alone, it just makes me a little nervous. If Jake Peets is the guy, how long is he going to be there? How long can you rely on him to be your offensive coordinator? Yeah, the Bucs could be a one and done with any of these, but none of these other candidates have the track record of 
one and done with their teams or two at the most and done like Jake Peets does. So again, it makes me a little bit nervous, but I could be completely wrong. Jake Peets could end up being the guy and the Bucks could end up with a top five offense in the next three seasons because he sticks around. I don't know. Um, but I wanted to give all of you some background on who some of these guys are that the Bucks are looking into and interviewing. You know, who have they been around? Who could they potentially have learned from a little bit? I still think Thad Lewis is probably the leader in the clubhouse because he's literally in the clubhouse. After that, I would say it's Brian Johnson. And then again, Antoine Randall L to me is a really, really interesting candidate that could be really successful because of the different coaches and the different players that he's already been around in his short career, you know, could really bring a nice spark to the Buccaneers. Something else that could be bring a nice spark is whoever the Buccaneers take in the upcoming draft. We get into our first mock draft of the offseason here on a mock draft Monday. That is coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who is unbiased in your life. So today, I want to say how I feel about something, and you might even be thinking the same thing this week. And I've mentioned to you guys before, I was really excited about the potential future of the Buccaneers with Dave Canales and Baker Mayfield coming back to do it again a second year. But now there's a lot of questions. Who's going to be the Buccaneers offense coordinator? Is he going to want to work with Baker Mayfield? Is Mike Evans going to come back if it's another new offense coordinator and another new quarterback? What's going to happen to Antoine Winfield Jr.? And I mean, can we imagine a world where Mike Evans and Steven Stamkos both leave Tampa Bay in the same year? It's going to make me start twitching. But therapy can be different for everyone, and most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports teams, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists for any time for no additional charge, no questions asked. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And it is the first of many mock draft Mondays that we are going to have. So throughout this process, we're going to change things up a little bit, right? It's not always going to be the status quo. It's not always going to be the same thing. Sometimes I'm going to react to somebody else's mock draft. Sometimes I'm going to do my own mock draft. Sometimes I'm going to have my insiders submit mock drafts. Sometimes I'm going to have listeners and viewers submit mock drafts. Sometimes I'm going to do situational mock drafts where if the Bucks sign this person, this person, and this person in free agency, here's what their draft could look like. If they lose this person or this person, this is what their, uh, their draft might look like. So I am going to start this one off by reacting to a seven-round mock draft by A.J. Schultz of Pro Football Network. I'm not going to break down every pick, but... 
I am going to go through what picks he made and give my reaction. So with the 26th overall pick, the Buccaneers pick in the first round, AJ has the Bucs taking edge rusher Jared Verse from Florida State. And what AJ said was, quote, the Buccaneers have struggled to generate pressure on opposing quarterbacks all season and need some help on that side of the ball. They could use a boost to their edge rushers if they want to keep winning the NFC South. Jared Verse is one of the best in the class, boasting a superb combination of explosiveness and power, end quote. Now, Verse finished 2023 with 23 tackles, nine sacks, and a forced fumble. He had 18 career sacks at Florida State. I will dive into this pick in a little bit, but I'm going to go through the rest of the picks that AJ had the Buccaneers making. In the second round, pick 57, he has them taking offensive guard Dominic Pooney out of Kansas. Third round with the 89th pick, he has them taking safety Bo Braid out of Maryland. Fourth round, pick 120, quarterback Quinton Newsom out of Nebraska. Sixth round, pick 184, running back Blake Watson out of Memphis. And then the seventh round, pick 217, wide receiver Luke McCaffrey out of Rice. So taking a look at this overall, I really, really like the first pick that AJ made for the Bucs, especially considering how much they need help at the edge rusher position, but also with the way the board fell. I would have jumped all over this pick if I was the Buccaneers. I mentioned last week that I feel like Shaq Barrett is probably a cap casualty for the Buccaneers. They're going to be able, they're, they're going to take on some dead money, but they're going to be able to free up some cap space if they let Shaq go uh, with a post June 1st designation. I think that's happening. You take a look at Joe Tryon Shoyinka not really working out the way that you wanted him to. Yaya Diaby really having a fantastic and explosive rookie season. If you can bring in a guy like Jared Verse to be on the opposite side of Yaya Diaby, use Joe Tryon Shoyinka as a rotational guy, kind of work him in, I think the Bucks' pass rush will improve immensely. Then I also really liked the, uh, the two picks in day two in Pooney and Braid. Both really have a strong chance of being starters in week one for whatever team drafts them. Uh, I, I mentioned at the top of the show talking about Brian Johnson potentially being able to be the offensive coordinator to come in and improve the run game and that they needed to upgrade at the guard position over Aaron Stinney. I like Stinney. I think he's a great depth piece. I don't think I want him to be the full-time starter for the 2024 season. But you know, you take a look at, at that being a big position of, of need to upgrade um, I think that's a great pick. And then, of course, the selection of Braid as the safety, that's a position that they just flat out need. You you don't need to upgrade it because you flat out need it. Antoine Winfield Jr. is a free agent. Ryan Neal is a free agent who's probably not coming back. Uh, you know, you have to believe that the Bucs are going to bring back Antoine Winfield Jr. some way, somehow, but then you still have a vacant position at at you know, the other starting safety position. Braid is a guy that can come in and can start immediately for this Buccaneers team. And he's tailor-made for the Todd Bowles defense. He's versatile. He can drop in coverage. He can play man. He can play zone. He can crash the, the box. He can blitz. He can do it all. So you would almost have Antoine Winfield Jr. and then Antoine Winfield Jr. 
white, where either guy can do anything on the field at any given moment. It adds another layer to uh, the deception that Todd Bowles can bring with his defense. Beyond that, I'm kind of meh on the rest of these picks. As you'll learn throughout this draft process, you start getting into day three, you're talking about upside, not necessarily guys that you think are going to come in and be immediate starters. Maybe they will be starters eventually. Um, you know, I, I don't hate any of these picks, but I don't love them either. Uh, you take a look at, at AJ's mock of Blake Watson, the running back out of Memphis in the sixth round If the bucks are going to go running back that late in the draft. Uh, they need to have signed at least two in free agency. You have Rashad White. That's that's it. That's all you have for running back uh, on this Buccaneers roster right now. They might bring back Chase Edmonds, but you need at least two more running backs on this team. So, you know, you need serious help there. But at the same time, I'm not taking a running back over an edge rusher, over a guard, or over a safety. So, you know, this kind of worked out along the same way that I'm thinking. And, and you look at, at how the Bucks are set up. And essentially, the moral of the story here, and, and a point that I'm going to drive home all draft season, is that despite getting to the divisional round, and based on what I'm watching while recording, uh, you know, over, over the uh, camera's left shoulder here, um, they could have wound up in the Super Bowl because the San Francisco 49ers – uh, are just absolutely selling right now. Detroit is pummeling them. Um, this Buccaneers team, despite all of that, still has a lot of holes on it. And, and with the pending free agents that they have, that doesn't help matters any. They could literally go with about six different positions in the first round, and I can explain to you why that pick makes the most sense for them in that particular moment. So, you know, again... Lots of mock drafts coming. I'm going to reach out to listeners, to insiders, to viewers to submit their own. We're going to go through a lot of these exercises. I think one of my favorites that we're going to do probably a, a couple of times is the situational mocks. The situational of, you know, what if all of these guys are gone? What direction do the Bucks go in? What if these guys don't come back? What if the Bucks make a splash in free agency and sign this guy? What if Baker Mayfield leaves? What if Baker Mayfield leaves and now all of a sudden you have a question at quarterback? What do the Bucs do? We're going to get into all those kinds of scenarios and get you prepped for the draft as best as we can. As for now, though, that is going to do it for this episode. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to continue talking about the offensive coordinator situation and we're going to talk a little bit about championship Sunday. In the meantime, Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you're following on Twitter at LockedOnBucks and at JayYarko underscore Bucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining me right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs> Thank you.